0: hello guys welcome to our show today we discuss about AI, artificial intelligence, because this topic is hot, it's a daily tool we need to consider, we need to adapt, because AI won't replace human beings who adapt today, who can learn how to use it, how to save time, how to use all features from this tool, and I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Leonard Appleton
1: How are you? I'm well, Anatoly. I'm real well.
0: Yeah, nice to see you again. I remember you shared a lot of valuable insights in the first episode. So I'm looking forward to learn more, uh, Leonard. Remind about yourself, about your experience, background,
1: and why you pay so much attention to AI. Of course, uh, currently I'm at uh, the head of data science at a medical healthcare startup where we heavily, heavily leverage information in medical records and medical texts. Prior to that, I was on a founding team of a startup called Primer, which applied AI and machine to natural language processing in order to analyze and summarize uh, hundreds of millions of, uh, of documents. So I've previously uh, written books on data science and AI, including my book, The Data Science uh, Book Camp, Five Python uh, Projects. And uh, having done a PhD in machine learning and in biomedical informatics, all my life my this interplay of big data, uh, text and image processing and machine learning powered uh, automation.
0: Nice. Nice. You know, I opened your LinkedIn profile because I love opening LinkedIn profiles and I see you you have extended experience about AI uh, today, uh, your previous experience and can you tell why you decided to learn more about ai if i see in 2014 probably before that mm-hmm. so because you know uh uh an year ago when i spoke with marketers with many occupations most people didn't consider ai today everyone everyone uh, uses ai can you tell why you decided to uh start your career i mean like uh, to learn more about ai and uh uh, many years ago before chat gpt
1: so i was always fascinated by what machine learning could and could not do and how to leverage uh, that boundary so when i started my career i was a biologist biologist doing software engineering and as a graduate student, my job was to uh, go through millions upon millions of uh, sequences coming from DNA and proteins in order to make it to human health. And it quickly became apparent to myself, as it w- as it would be to anyone involved in that type of research, that a single human being or a team of human beings would be unable to process and understand all of that data by hand so some level of automation was uh required uh and that's when i first began uh, intelligence uh you know as part of my work as part of my uh research and i found those tools invaluable and but honestly i am as shocked as as anyone else in the industry, that something like Chat GPT is possible. I was always yeah. fascinated with the power of automation, but now we have automation coupled with a level of intelligence that, frankly, I couldn't foresee when we uh, when we spoke a year ago. Even though the techniques that make Chat GPT possible have been around. Uh, since 2018, and depending on uh, how far you trace back, those techniques even longer.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. It's interesting, you know, about ChatGPT because uh, I read an article that even founders of ChatGPT uh, have had surprise about popularity. You know, uh, because mm-hmm. I used AI before ChatGPT, uh, a bunch of tools uh, and. I didn't find a big difference between them and ChatGPT. So we had these tools, uh, many great tools like Jasper, Copy.ai, used data from OpenAI, but ChatGPT became popular so much. And uh, if I remember correctly, like 100 million users started to use this tool in two months more than any other startup in our history yeah uh what do you think why it's popular like this because we had uh we had such tools before but today i think everyone you know i, I spoke with accounting with marketers with writers anyone anyone can use this tool so can you explain this popularity <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: yeah so in my opinion, between ChatGPT and uh, previous tools, uh, but one of the differences that I want to emphasize is the flexibility of these tools. Mm-hmm. For instance, in my previous uh, startup, Primer, we had developed AI tools uh, uh, to summarize and understand documents, to do vast document summaries, and this is something that ChatGPT does as well uh, however the previous ai tools that i had developed were kind of they they lacked flexibility Uh, they could only deliver in a specific a specific subset of use cases that they were designed and built for so our summarization tools for instance couldn't marketer leverages very specific ai tools that have been optimized for marketing over the course of uh, half a decade or more and those tools will still work well but they're not going to translate marketing material into the language of shakespeare and turn them into an epic poem uh, now again is that useful from a marketing perspective not really but fascinating aspects of uh ChatGPT is that combines uh, this vast array of uh, flexible possibilities and my sense is that a lot of users they were probing and still are probing ChatGPT to actually see how flexible and how quote unquote intelligent it actually is and they're shocked by the level of flexibility they're shocked by the variety of responses that they can get out of this algorithm uh, that one would not expect to get uh, you know, using the tools of yesterday.
0: Yeah. You know, once I uh, saw Twitter from Elon mm-hmm. Musk when he uh, tested ChatGPT and he asked a long question with a lot of details. I read this question a few times to understand what Elon Musk won <laughs> <laughs> now. So, you know, and uh, but I see many users uh, submit generic requests, uh, nothing special. Uh, that's why they get generic answers, yes. uh, some basics. Can you tell about prompts? Uh, how to set up the right prompts to get unique content, to get unique results, not like uh, hundred million other people can do. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, it's, it takes it, it takes a
1: little, little bit of nuance, and mm-hmm. uh, this I mean there 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 are. There are multiple ways of leveraging prompts. I mean, the standard way is to uh, try to get at uh, at new information. Uh, but what what I think is much more fascinating is uh, is a is the stylistic prompts that deliver that information in a way that's kind of more useful, more nuanced. So let me explain uh, what I uh, meant by that. The other day I was experimenting with ChatGPT and trying to get, get it to concisely explain uh, complex uh, math theorems, in particular uh, Stokes' theorem, uh, that which is to understanding uh, the physics of light waves and also is a very non-trivial uh, bit of math. So I asked ChatGPT to explain uh, Stokes' theorem to me. And uh, it used very, you know, the complex uh, technical language of a mathematician. And then I asked it to explain the theorem using uh, a language that a high schooler could understand. And it translated the, uh, it, it basically tried to explain the theorem using the, the metaphor of a high schooler's riding a roller coaster and wind blowing across that roller coaster and how how that all you know how the entirety of the roller coaster captures captures the wind. So then I asked it to uh, derive the detailed steps necessary to prove out Stokes theorem while translating all of the mathematical language into the analogy associated with roller coasters, so high schooler can understand. And so replace replaced technical terms with ideas like, like the whirliness of of wind and they start replacing the term line integral with uh mapping the distance of the roller coaster on on the tracks and i what i ultimately got back was not only a a technically correct answer to my question but written in a language that i could understand oh that a high schooler could uh, could understand so i use this example to emphasize a twofold uh, approach to prompting. Uh, One approach is to, uh, you know, the the first-fold approach is to ask, you know, useful, interesting, and insightful questions. And the subsequent approach is stylistic. Figuring out a unique style for ChatGPT to deliver its response in, so that not only is it amusing, but depending on your use case, it's educational. And I think that that stylistic usage of something that, in my opinion, underexplored by the community right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Uh, once I read an article uh, that s- experts in Canada uh, found the way how to uh, treat uh, cancer with mm-hmm. AI even uh, the final stage of cancer. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. like, uh, uh, for and they found how to do it for uh, 30 days. No, fast. So, can you tell (laughs) how AI can help in health industry because it's your main focus Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, your methods how you use AI to develop and innovate probably Mm -hmm. provide something new in medicine?
1: Yes. Uh, So... There's a lot of uh, medical data uh, available to us, uh, assuming you, you know an organization passes all the uh, security uh, security checks, and they can be leveraged in a variety of ways to make new types of interesting insights. One has to be cautious. Uh, medical data is incredibly complex. It's very prone to bias. It's very prone to uh, there are, uh, if, if you look at the medical data pertaining to, let's say, patient histories, uh, the data can be broadly categorized in three ways: uh, of a uh, uh, structured data, which is essentially think of it as a table uh, pertaining to all the vital stats of patient's their, you know, their 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 heartbeat, the chemicals in their blood, their age, and so forth. And then there's unstructured data that is divided into Two broad categories. Uh, first of all, unstructured text data: all the clinical notes that your doctor writes down uh, when you go to the doctor's office. Although you know there's pages upon pages of uh, medical jargon uh, written by your physician that tells the narrative of your health history. And then there's uh, imaging data when you have an X-ray uh, taken when a, a patient is at the risk of severe disease or maybe a patient just uh, broke their arm or so forth uh imaging data really comes into play the diagnosis i emphasize imaging data in particular because again in terms of cancer diagnosis uh, and treatment imaging data is quite uh, important quite critical so previously in the medical field um uh AI a fairly decent job feeding in the structured data, the lab tests and so forth to make predictions. Uh, the unstructured data remained, uh, you know, remained difficult, it remained a challenge. Uh, even though machine learning could do, perform well in images for some time now, uh, I wanna emphasize that images like X-rays and CAT scans are three dimensional. Rather than just taking a photograph of your lungs, they take a photograph of every single layer of subslice and substrata of lungs. And 3D images are much more difficult to use. Uh, Unstructured clinical notes are very technical. They use lots of jargon that requires specialized training in medical school to be able to understand and decipher and parts through. One of the fascinating developments regarding uh, the work coming out of OpenAI is that A, with enough examples, uh, the chat GPT models can easily learn to understand the expert uh, language of a physician and also translate it into uh, terms that a layman or woman can understand. More importantly, Unlike individual uh, specialists uh, in medicine who maybe can understand their own like uh, specialty, like dermatology, but might not understand or might be comfortable with uh, uh, the special knowledge of a neurologist, uh, the AI models can easily go between specialties and translate from the language of one to know the other. The other bit I want to emphasize, and this is critical, is that while there's been a lot of focus on uh the work of chat gpt and its ability to analyze parse and understand uh uh or make intelligent inferences regarding text there's also been amazing progress regarding uh the analysis of images coming from open and and if you, even if you look at outdated models like clip uh clipper where uh open is actually able to find alignments between text and images and essentially treat text together with images like they're two sides of the same coin Uh, these uh, machine learning models basically represent a holistic approach allow for a holistic approach where heterogeneous data composed of text uh, images and structure tables can be uh, thrown into the model together and using human-powered parsing and uh, essentially iteration of the models by medical specialists. Uh, We can subsequently obtain insights and uh, predictions to, for instance, describing the sorts of circumstances where a patient really needs to go to the doctor because they have an above average likelihood of maybe being in the early stages of a treatable cancer. Like we can do that now and we couldn't take this holistic approach before.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. You mentioned many times data. Uh, I usually track how many times you can <laughs> say some words, but I lost my track. You know? uh, mm-hmm. And uh, can you tell about setting the right data? Because many yes. uh, experts complain that uh, ChatGPT can uh, provide their own data, uh, can mislead. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, it's important to give the right data before. Yes uh, getting results, uh, because, uh, AI is not perfect and, uh, I don't know it, it will be in some time or not, but today it's not, uh, it, it can mislead many yes. times. Uh, so can you tell how to find, collect the right data and, uh, feed AI with this
1: data? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, again, that's, a, that's a, the really great point and it's important to emphasize that, uh, the ai can mislead in uh in in a in in a multitude of ways that are very uh, nuanced uh now the the reason it misleads is that it it's going to yield uh essentially the 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 simplest uh the simplest uh solution to a data driven problem presented to it Like, uh, for instance, uh, going back to uh, the healthcare space, a few years ago, uh, some doctors tried to uh, put together a model to predict whether a patient had pneumonia or not using uh, images of uh, chest x-rays. And the AI model was able to uh, predict pneumonia for the two tested hospital systems to a surprisingly accurate degree. But the moment they moved to a third hospital, the model flubbed out. So uh, what happened? Well, it turns out that the two hospital systems from which the data came had their x-ray machine set to slightly different settings. So by studying the grayness of the image and the differences in uh, the gray scale, uh, the machine could figure out from which hospital uh, the x-rays came from. And now one of the hospitals treated pneumonia patients much more frequently. So essentially the model lazily learned to uh, uh, to use the image to uh, predict the likelihood that a hospital was associated with pneumonia. But again, this was not the intent of the intent of uh, the ultimate, you know, ultimately the intent of the users. Um, this is just one subtle examples of how, you know, how data can bias. And what if we do? about this and uh i mean the truth of the matter is there there's not much we can do to get rid of these biases at this point uh beyond having human beings uh review the data presented to the machine in a in a way that is mistrustful you we should think of i mean the, the the ai is a helper of ours but it's also Uh, an adversary think of AI as a lazy employee working for you that will get the job done but they will take every shortcut necessary to do it so you as the boss you know your role is to find figure out ways uh, that the AI will try to cheat given the data presented to it and be preemptive about it now having said that uh, you know it's quite feasible that you know after a few years of systematically monitoring uh biases in data using human input maybe we'll trade you know trade train an ai uh to to aid those people and to figure out figure out those biases so we'll have the ai monitoring the ai but who monitors that ai who watches the watchman uh, it's, it's 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 an unsolved problem uh, at this moment
0: yeah nice nice yeah you know sometimes i ask chat gpt please help me to find the right prompts uh, to ask ChatGPT, you know, yeah. so yeah, if AI <laughs> can, can monitor AI, why not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ask, okay. Yeah. I uh, Once Bill Gates said um, you know, uh, he got the question about what to learn today and that was a few years ago yeah. and he told AI, learn AI because uh, it's the future. I think, you know, I can feel that it's Not future, it's present. We can use it today. Uh, Future will be different. Of course, it's only the beginning of this AI journey. Can you tell for someone who started from scratch, because you have this extended experience, what will you do today to learn more about AI?
1: I guess I would focus on uh, the unknown unknowns. What don't we understand? Now, uh, to be clear, uh, we, uh, as... Yeah, you know, AI experts have a very intricate understanding of the models under the hood of a machine, such as a uh, chat GPT, and in all honesty, the algorithms are not that complicated, which makes it even that uh, such complex uh, patterns of artificial thought can be produced uh, by, uh, by these machines. And frankly, we don't know why that is the case. I'm sure even Sam Altman, uh, uh, C- CEO of OpenAI is uh, shocked by some of these results. And uh, again, the, the appropriate analogy to use is uh, that of a neurologist. Uh, understands How the working of, you know, individual within the brain and can understand how uh, subsystems of neurons, but cannot fathom where human consciousness uh, comes from. So the next broad area of research and one that I'm also actively engaged in is uh, basically trying to reverse engineer and uh, better understand ways uh, that uh, uh, this complexity arises from, uh, you know, relatively simple, uh, simple steps. Now, uh, the other big area to, uh, to focus on, uh, you know, for the next couple of years is actually less about the algorithms and more about infrastructure, AI engineering. Yes, CHED GPT-4 in particular is incredibly powerful and it's also huge. Uh, it cannot, it cannot fit on a single so, so machine much, much less or. Uh, these systems are highly limited in that uh they're 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 vestly you know dependent on uh, complex bits of infrastructure and if you want to run them at scale uh, and you want to run them quickly well uh the problems become uh, intractable uh why is that important? well right now a system like chatgpt can understand human language and based on uh, based on what we've seen regarding uh, uh recent demos from OpenAI, it can also understand images quite well. So if you show it an image, it will explain to you in human language why that image is is funny, and I'll even be right, you know, some percent of the time. So essentially, it can understand images. It can understand the three D space, three D space, three D world. Um, it has the capacity to interact with the world, but about command bring the newspaper well we're not there yet not because of the AI but because there's no way to actually put that infrastructure inside the robot and the latency of having like a Wi-Fi API go from the robot sensors uh to the open AI servers well it's not not there yet so there's gonna be a major effort We'll take a billion dollar effort of the course of those figure out how to make the uh faster, more nimble, how to be able to fit them onto uh onto cheaper computers, cheaper machines, and eventually, uh you know, maybe a decade down the line, we'll figure out how to cheaply fit them onto robots. And then uh we're gonna enter Isaac Asimov territory. But until then, there's yeah. a lot of to done
0: yeah yeah um you remind me elon musk you know uh because he criticized uh ai technology he criticized chat gpt and he used and even he signed this letter you know uh to stop the Mm -hmm. process to Mm -hmm. research uh, to investigate and after that he invested a lot of money to equipment to create something alternative you know So, he, he can't ignore this trend. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, I'm interested about mistakes. You know, uh, uh, for example, in my life, I made a lot of mistakes. I keep doing them, you know. but I learn from <laughs> mistakes. I don't know another way how to learn something new. We start from best practices, then mm-hmm. adapt and, and find our way. So, can you tell common mistakes that people still do by using AI and your tips how to do it better? <laughs>
1: Okay. Uh, so, well, I want to I start. You know, one example example regarding mistakes made made by people uh, mm-hmm. by trusting the mistakes coming from AI and not correcting them. So, this is something that happened uh, to uh, to myself uh, yesterday. Myself and a colleague of mine, we were actually using uh, ChatGPT. We were giving instructions. For ChatGPT to how to uh, write r- write Python code to to match uh, bits of text using a approach called regular expressions. It's it's very simple code to write, but it can be a little you know a little bit of a pain. Uh, so we just had ChatGPT do it, and ChatGPT wrote us this impressive Python function, and we we went and we we tested it on some like examples uh so we actually went back to check PT and we pointed out that hey, uh, this function is wrong in this one instance and it apologized and it it explained why it made the mistake. and it uh, uh, kind of uh, gave us the the corrected code and we tested it and uh, we got the result we wanted. So two common mistakes made by people. a testing the output from these uh, systems, without verifying it, without stress testing those outputs in those cases where it's fairly easy and straightforward to, you know, to test if you, if you don't know whether the mach- uh, the algorithm is hundred percent right, but it's fairly easy to check. You might as well check the second mistake mm-hmm. is to then, uh, not following up and not asking the machines to fix, uh, it's their mistakes they can mm-hmm. they have the, the, like you know so they, the machines are like people they make mistakes but they can also be uh be corrected uh so the algorithm just made a single stupid mistake is like losing faith in a person so you you can't follow fo- you know you can still follow up and correct but then of course you must then make sure that the fix put in by the machine uh is actually a fix and will not will will work on your examples
0: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah agree Uh, I like it you know when I can teach AI what kind of results I want to get so why not if AI can understand I can save time uh and I have the final question about future Can you forecast Mm -hmm. what kind of future will be? Because it's Mm -hmm. only the beginning of this journey. So flying cars, space, I don't know anything about the future
1: with AI. Future? Uh, Well, uh, I'm going to preface saying uh, your guess might be as good as as mine because we're reaching a point where uh, uh, things uh, will rapidly spin out in ways that some of us might not be able to foresee. Having said that, uh, what is uh, uh, what is now possible? So in, in the short term, uh, a lot of creative industries are transformed, but not necessarily in negative ways. Uh, people that were previously thought of themselves as an individual com- contributor, an individual writer, an individual coder, uh, they're they now have to think of themselves as as managers uh they're maybe not doing all the coding themselves maybe not writing all the marketing material themselves but they are managing an ai system or uh a a system of ai systems maybe they're using one ai for marketing images uh image generation another ai for text generation and a third AI for opening text to and they have to be very clear regarding providing feedback to these uh, machines to get the appropriate results because at least in the short term, uh, by short term, I mean, next next five years, three to five years or so, the machines are going to do an adequate job, but they're not going to be great at it, uh, going back to the lazy employee paradigm. So yes, the creative industries are completely upturned and transformed, but not necessarily in a negative way if uh, because the people will still be uh, in charge. Now going out another uh, decade or so, uh, the hardware required to run uh, these uh, systems becomes faster and smaller. And that is where we tr- begin to see a true uh, transformation so right now, on gpt 4, you need a huge system of, of servers and uh, very powerful GPUs, each one of which is co- you know multiple GPUs, each GPU costing like upwards of eight to ten thousand dollars. Well, ten years from now, uh, the entire AI system can fit on something the size of your smartphone. And again, this is an AI system that can process both text and images. Uh, very quickly with almost no latency. So now you can start putting uh, the technology into robots. Looking at Boston Dynamics and the robotic dogs they're releasing, we already have, uh, and also robotic humanoids, we already have robots that can uh, carry out certain certain tasks. So now, again, you have robots walking up and down the street, listening to your Instructions, all sorts of safeguards need to be put in, of course. And that again, that leads us to some very bizarre and potentially dangerous territory. But uh, again, if you can put safeguards on people, we can put safeguards on robots. each uh, So you know, only at first only the Elon Musks of the world can like afford their own like robot bodyguards and like robot butlers but maybe another 20 years out down the line uh, the hard now the technology is much cheaper you have robot factory workers building more robots and again it it sounds sounds scary but you know the uh, uh, honestly uh you know robots are no more of my opinion uh now that we're out on science fiction territory that is actually achievable given today's technology from my standpoint no, robots are no more or less scarier than people as in people can be nice <laughs> uh people can be can be not so nice so uh,
0: yeah yeah especially people That's... in russia exactly especially... yeah. yeah we have these people yes. uh, yeah i think ukrainian so... army will <laughs> change <laughs> such people you know <laughs> I'll be yeah. back.
1: So, uh, yeah, to, that, to, 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 to that, yeah, to that, to that point exactly. You know, that's yeah, and, and, and again, we haven't quite figured. Yeah, unfortunately, in this world, we haven't figured out how to, you know, solve the problem of of evil people. But yeah,
0: uh, I think you know it's history. You know, when yeah. I see all the situation, I, I understand yeah. that the U.S. had such issues with revolution with. Uh, a war Mm -hmm. many other developed countries so had this issue and yeah it's evolution uh you know you can't change regime uh in with democracy without fighting yeah yeah it's history it's real yeah yeah Leonard it's a big pleasure to get in my show, to learn from you. You you always share a lot of valuable insights. I need to go to an emergency room to consume all this information. (laughs) So (laughs) tell our audience the best way how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you, how to follow you.
1: Yes. uh, So, yes. uh, uh, Feel, uh, uh, search for me, Leonard uh, Leonard Appeltson. Reach out to me on uh, either LinkedIn or feel free to reach out to me on uh, uh, Twitter. I'm at Appeltson on Twitter. Uh, Additionally, if you want to learn more about the the very basics of the thematics required to better understand AI and machine learning, uh, please check out my book, uh, Data Science Bookcamp 5, Real World Python. Projects. It's intended for an amateur to be able to pick out the base, the the basics of math and programming required to begin their journey in the AI and data science uh, space. And uh, yes, please, uh, please take a look if you want to learn more. I'm sure you'll uh, you'll greatly enjoy it.
0: Okay, guys, you can find the links uh, in the description below. Listen us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Mm -hmm. Thanks again for your time. Love it. So valuable. Guys, you need to follow Leonard because you can see a lot of value. Love you. See you.